All right, Coach. So our last episode was a little, what's the word? Subdued. Sad. Sad. And but necessary. It, it's necessary. Yeah. And we love our community. We love people. We want them to live a long time. That's right. But we decide on this one. We're going to have some fun. That's right. And uh, so we're doing a batch recording because I'm going to go to Texas to record a true crime podcast, our <laughs> season two, Outline of a Murder, if you want to follow that. Very, very excited. We're going to have wine. We're going to have coffee. We're going to go train, swim and pool, and talk about true crime. True crime always um, actually makes me happy, Coach. And I know something's probably wrong with me because of that. But anyway, I do take it serious. I don't serious, think so. so. You know, we all have things that we like to do. You know what I think it is? Uh, it's the puzzle. Yes. It's how did a you know little baby end up killing a whole bunch of people? Exactly. So, you know, now we do take it very serious, very respectful, because you got victims, families, awful, awful, awful. But it is. It's very interesting. So I'm excited about that. Season two, so we're a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, that's actually not all I do, Coach. I do own a business. You're one of my clients. I'm one of your clients. Mm -hmm. uh, I love consulting with business owners, social mm -hmm. media marketing, website, and all that. Introduce yourself, Coach. And I want you to include this time all the letters after your name. Okay. <clears throat> Greg McNeil, um, M-A-L-P-C-C, -C, right? Um, life coach, fitness professional, um, business owner, Coach's Corner, Western Alliance for Integrated Health, and the soon to open here in Clovis, SOAR. I'm very excited about yeah. that. Yeah, and, um, and a real funny guy. Now, Coach, can you give us just a little taste of what SOAR is about, or are we keeping it under wraps for a little bit longer? A little bit okay. longer. Just a little bit longer. All right. But it's something that definitely is going to touch every aspect of our community. And epitomizes what this podcast is about, too. Absolutely right. Yeah, taking Heal it to a bigger level. That's right. Healing business, healing community. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So um, this was my idea. Coach, you said that you're going to follow my lead, which is very <laughs> rare because you're usually Gandalf. I'm Yoda. So I might be Gandalf Oda. Okay. <laughs> oh, that sounds fine. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to talk about is healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been married, it'll be 30 years, March. Whew! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, high school? Happily married, too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a big difference. Yes, Some people have been married 50 years, they hate each other's gods, Ooh, can't wait till the other one's dead, you Ooh. know? <laughs> so, not us. We're, we're best friends. Now, I will say, the first three years, I did hate his guts. Um, it was we got off to a really bad start, but we actually met. It's funny. Uh, just the story behind the story is I had to move to Clovis, New Mexico, nineteen eighty nine, at the age of sixteen, because I was a stinker, quite frankly, oh. and I was getting in all kinds of trouble. I used to live in Childress, Texas. And I was. Drugging, I was drinking, I was getting into fights, I was, you know, I was just an unhappy teenager. <laughs> and so my dad's like, I better get that girl out of there. He forced me to come. In fact, my grandparents picked me up. My grandma was not happy with me. Uh, picked me up at the end of the school year. I was uh, finished my sophomore year, which strangely, I loved school. So mm -hmm. I did really good in school. Even when I was being, I was sneaking out 
staying out to like two or three every night. They even put a refrigerator in front of the door to try to keep me in. Didn't work. <laughs> um, and, uh, and still going to school at six, sometimes intoxicated, but I'd still do my work because I, <laughs> I wanted to graduate. Talk about priorities. But anyway, um, so I move here. I meet my future husband, Mike, Halloween 1989. Now, it was scary for him, Coach. I'm going to tell you why. As you can see, I have naturally curly hair. Today, it's a little more poofy than I like. Okay. <laughs> well, that poof was what Mike was introduced to when we first met, Halloween, in the old library parking lot, because I had just had one of those. Remember those spiral perms? Yeah. You remember those things? Oh. Uh-huh. Well, I wanted one, and we told the lady, we said, you cannot leave it in her hair too long because she's naturally curly. So anything that, like where people can't keep perms, I look at a box and all of a sudden I've got a perm. <laughs> and she didn't listen. So my hair looked like a mop head. Mm -hmm. One of those old fashioned mops. I can see it. Anyway, so there I am. I meet him and then uh, his friend, I was stupid and didn't see the value in Mike at first. So I actually dated his friend, turned out to be an idiot mm -hmm. of the utmost. <laughs> but Mike went home, told his mom that he found his wife that night. That was his DCA. Hair and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Anyway, fast forward. The next summer, I'd broken up with a moron. And uh, I'd gone on the road with my dad. And um, came home. We've been together ever since. So that was 1990. Wow. And uh, so anyway, we have you know one son and uh, daughter in love. But he, uh, me and him, he's a C personality. I'm a D personality. So we're both very task focused, um, but we're also very stubborn and we're um, very independent. Mm -hmm. So it caused some problems in the early years for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, once we got past our like third year, we just kind of settled into our groove. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one more little rough patch that lasted maybe six months. But other than that, I'm serious when I say we're like best friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that because we had a foundation of being best friends, that when we went through a rough patch we were able to navigate through it within five to six months we're back on track so we were able to present a very neat picture for our son and his mm -hmm. marriage is very healthy but it wasn't by accident right we had to do certain things and um, we still do and so I thought I'd just share some of those things please and let you because I don't want to be the only one talking because oh, people I'll expect have, Gandalf I'll have something to say I'm sure okay <laughs> So when I think back, I think the most important thing, because most of our friends are divorced, okay. you know, and we statistically should have been. Mm. Uh, we married too young. We had a baby right off the bat. So all of those things are intense stressors. We were right. very po. Right. You know. It, I got you. It was, you know. I got you. I and got you. Uh, so we had everything against us. But when we looked back, because we'd have these conversations, we'd go for like drives, you know, listen to some 80s music, you know. Mm -hmm. Go for drives. They're like, how did we make it? And obviously, we have our faith in the Lord. But I think sometimes people think your faith and you know whatever it is is a reason you're successful. To me, that that charges it charges or fuels your motivation at times. Right. You still have to do the work. That's right. <clears throat> and one thing that we realized is we allowed influence over each other. We allowed each other to have power with one another mm -hmm. meaning i didn't stay stuck in who i was and 
you know, to H-E double hockey sticks with Mike and his mm-hmm. wishes, and he didn't do that to me. We allowed each other to influence one another, and we allowed each other to make each other a better person. And I think that is probably the key as to why we're happy today. Oh, I think that's well said. <clears throat> Power with is something that uh, we don't put enough emphasis on. Yeah. You know, because successful couplehood requires both individuals. Yeah. And if you're if you have an unequal balance of power in mm. your relationship, um, even from the point of your perspective, then your relationship is in trouble. That's because good. you're just not thinking the right way in regards to your relationship. Yeah. You know. So uh, I think of <clears throat> so the stay at home mom, let's just which I was for many, okay. many years. Always had a business, but I was, I was a stay-at-home you mom. Know. And, and so my wife, she stays at home, yeah. right? Um, but here's the thing about that. There are things when you think of what your wife is doing. She stays at home. She's raising your kids. You're running your business or whatever it is that your role is in your couplehood. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those are more important than the other. Right. And when we make the mistake of thinking that somehow or another that it isn't, you know, we're going down the wrong path. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, Raising children, keeping a household in order, paying bills, helping with budgets, um, making sure that you have peace when you come home. Yeah. Those are skills and... Uh, necessities in your life that are so big that you can't really put those on paper you know they're like intangible things but their value is extensive and um, when I think about when I I can go back home right now and I can breathe I feel good I'm able to just focus on whatever I need to do that day And I value that a great deal. That's just a big part of couplehood. And I'm just saying anyone that's in a relationship, however your relationship is set up, you want to value power with each other. That's really good, Coach, because in most of the problems, because I've done a lot of mentoring uh, in relationships, mostly with wives, and their frustration is like there's financial dominance because, and we can sound a little bit old-fashioned, but that doesn't bother me at all, being old-fashioned, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are usually two income households now mm-hmm. uh, out of necessity, but uh, when me and Mike, when we got married, he said, if you want to work, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, I will make sure that I always take care of you. So for whatever you want to do, you can. And mm-hmm. he's he's kept his word. He's mm-hmm. done that. And But what I have seen when I mentor couples is there's like a financial dominance where the husband's like, well, I'm the one that earns the money. And so he takes away the power of the wife like she's some slave who has to turn into a prostitute occasionally to meet mm-hmm. that need, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and, yep, there's, yep. and there's no understanding of the stress level actually of running a household exactly. and so then when you take it into where both are having to work outside the home or they choose to do so it seems that sometimes that's still there and that shouldn't be and it's very frustrating and it's very demeaning 
And so Mike from the start always let me be who I was. Mm-hmm. He knew I was not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that, yes. right? Thank goodness. That's why he's still happy and you guys are still married. Well, and he's very confident as a man as well. And so I've never had to confront his insecurity. I've never seen that in him. And so uh, it just, it worked out very, very well. So that was, I think, one of the things that was really important is we figured out, we allowed each other the power with, like you Mm -hmm. say. Um, The other thing that was really important, and I learned this, um, I would say halfway. So we were probably maybe at the year, well, maybe actually at year seven, year 10. I learned personality. At the time, they were like terms like choleric, phlegmatic, melancholy, sanguine. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I figured out really quick I was choleric. C.S. Lewis, right? Isn't that C.S. Lewis? I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I just knew it was going around, and it intrigued me. Yeah. Because I like psychology. I Mm -hmm. like that stuff. I'm like, what are these things? Mm -hmm. So I look up at choleric. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's me right there. (laughs) And then um, Mike, melancholy. Well, Mm -hmm. we would translate that now to D.I. SC. Mm-hmm. And so now that I do that in my business, you know, that's one mm-hmm. of the major parts. I, it helped me so much because the communication level, like, okay, I'm a DC. Mike is a CD at work, but a CS at home. Now here's where that would play in. Okay. So with both of us, again, task focused, which mm-hmm. is great because like if a D is married to an S, you got the S, it's nurturing and relational and the D is usually the psychopath, mm-hmm. you know, low empathy, insensitive. Mm-hmm. It, it can be very hard. So with both of us, we're both low empathy <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that helps. But a C being right is the most important thing for a C. Mm-hmm. That's why they'll take their time in purchasing decisions. That's why they'll research something to death, you know. Mm. A D, they're like, they make their decision, and then if they have to do it over and over and over, they will because they're just <laughs> about speed. So one of the things is I saw how deliberate he is in decision-making. like, I need to be like that. So I really picked up on that. Or um, I embraced the analytical, the logical, the detail-focused part of my personality, right. but recognizing I'm never going to be as detail-focused as him. But here's the thing. If I would ask him a question like, hey, when do you think this will be done? Just because I got something I want to do next, you know, that's dependent on him. He would not like that. And so finally, like, okay, what is your problem? If I ask, you know, when is this going to be done? I'm not nagging. He'd be like, you're nagging. No, I'm not (laughs) nagging, asking one time. (laughs) Well, here's what I realized. The pressure, it would feel like pressure to him and like I was interrogating him even by asking a simple question. So here's what I learned to do. I'd say, okay, my C has a question for your C. And he's like, okay. So then he knows, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, so when are we going to fix the washing machine? Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, well, my C response to your C question is, I'm not sure yet. This is what I'm needing. And I'm like, well, my C and my D can take care of that. And he's like, okay. It's kind of like fun, but Mm -hmm. I had to approach him in a way where he wasn't feeling any pressure at all Mm -hmm. because I think the intensity of my personality Mm -hmm. can communicate pressure even when I'm not meaning to. Right. Well, because I understand personalities, I was able to pick up his language, how he processes communication, and then I was able to interpret his actions and his communication through that instead of my perspective. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. So that, I have probably had the success of saving five marriages when they figured out that one thing. Mm-hmm. That when a D is being intense and possibly insensitive, it don't take it personal. Yeah. Now, if it is personal, you'll know it with a D. You don't right. have to. You don't have to ask questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but don't interpret their actions like, well, they're a narcissist or they're a psychopath or they're this or that because they're so insensitive, which they may be. That's very common in that personality uh, type. But also, your inability as an S to just be straightforward and not so sensitive is also irritating right. to the D. So I think just learning how your spouse communicates and processes is very important. You know, it is. You know, so we talk about falling in love, mm-hmm. right? And the chemical cocktail that comes along with it. Yeah. So, you know, in my work as a contractor out of the base you know I, I deal with a lot of people who are about to get married and it's like you're how old 18 oh wow okay so one of the things that I stress is knowing what you like who are you as a person what kind of things do you like what are things that are non-negotiable for you yeah and when you find someone that you think it's going to be a good partner with you. You want to make sure that you really like that person, you know, because we know what happens to love. It turns to hate, right? But when we find that couples actually like one another, then their ability to get through challenges is, is much easier because they know what it is about one another that endears them. Right? Yeah. And I think that's really important is like, make sure you like this person because you need something else other than love. I've seen you and Laura Lee with that. Like you'll talk about how, um, like she knows you, you know her. So she can see maybe where you're at at times and she will adjust or bring that, you know, subtle encouragement, that subtle, you know, same thing with her, but you were extremely straightforward with her in what you want and who you are and that's important and not dismissing the things that irritate you either yeah so (laughs) one of the things that i learned earlier on uh in our relationship because sometimes i could be sarcastic and funny and say different things and i remember one time we were on the way to visit her mom and uh, this was early on in our relationship and uh, and it was really cold outside (laughs) I'm laughing right now. Please forgive me. (laughs) And I used an expression. I said, wow, that hawk is out today. You know, meaning that it's really cold, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, she happened to look behind me outside the window, and it was a crow on the, (laughs) or something like that. And she says, no, it's a crow. And I looked back over my shoulder, and I thought, oh. And it was funny, and I chuckled. But I learned right then that there is a way that she responds to me, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we don't, we're not sarcastic with each other. Yeah. And I knew right away, I was like, okay, clear communication. I call it ABC language, yep. right? So it's like, what do you want? How can I help you? What works best in this situation? And that works for her. And it also works for me because... As intuitive as I can be, 
I really like direct speech. Yeah, right? me too. That, yeah, yeah, it's like, tell me straight what you want. And it has allowed our relationship to really flourish. And when we do have those uh, rising tides that can have it happen in a relationship, it's not threatened. Yeah. Because I know not only do I love her, but I know that she is a great woman and that she's a great woman for me. And so what I think about is what can I do to continue to help her to be her best person? Yeah. And in turn, she does the same thing to me. Yeah. And it, and it affects the work that we do here in the community. Yeah. Because healthy relationships behind the scenes always equal healthy community, healthy business. And uh, I would say that, you know, with me and Mike, we love laughing. We love sense of humor. And, uh, and so we can be sarcastic, but it's never mean. Right. It's never cutting. Um, we laugh at ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. So we definitely have that. But if he had a different personality or I did where that may be offensive, like I have a friend, there's no way they could do that because right. she would take it personal. Right. And uh, so knowing your spouse the other thing is lightening up. Oh my goodness. I had to tell a lady, you are so focused on air quote, fixing your marriage that you're driving your husband insane. You need to lighten up. And I think part of it was in, you know, I'm obviously, you know, a Christian. We've talked about this before. And in the Christian community, there's a lot of idealism. Mm-hmm. This is what a marriage should look like. You know, like the leave it to beaver family. Oh. And we were never that family. And in fact, it irritated some leaders in churches. I mean, Kent had long hair. He's got a tattoo. He played music. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine some of the right. looks we got. Um, I got my first tattoo when I was 30-something. Oh, my gosh. I was so scared to tell my dad. But anyway, so uh, we've never been that marriage and what I was finding with this lady is she was reading all these marriage books you know written by Christian authors and then she's looking at her marriage and she's like it's not even close to that and it's helpless he's never going to be blah 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 and I thought it was very interesting how hypocritical and religious it was for her to constantly point the finger at her husband thinking he was the one that was the problem when actually a lot of it was her and how she perceived his actions, perceived his communication, and the ideals she had. Right. So I told her, I said, you need to put every one of those books in the trash. You need to stop reading books on your marriage. And you need to just get to work. Yeah. And part of that is just laughing. Yeah. Lighten up. <clears throat> and, and see the gold in mm -hmm. that person that you're, you're going to, uh, you know, spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. And... So I'm a private person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my wife for me, you know, you talk about being best friends. Yeah. I mean, in some respects, she really is. Yeah. But she also knows that, that I have particular behaviors, you mm -hmm. know, I need to sit alone and med meditate. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm doing that, you know, I can be walking and meditating, but that can occur with me for hours. Yeah. And, um, and when I'm in that space, that's where I need to be. Yeah. Some relationships can be threatened by that because it's like, what are you doing? But it's never that with us because she understands exactly what I'm doing. Because yep. anything that makes me a better person is going to make us a better person. And when I'm finished doing those kinds of things, 
She doesn't have to look for me. Mm-hmm. I'm right there as though I'd never left, but I'm present with her. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, and we laugh, we joke, we, you know, we have fun. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed by the relationship, yeah. right? But one of the things that I like to pass on to other people you got to spend time knowing who you are and what you like. Yep. And so that you can be real clear about the person that you are going to select for yourself, man or woman. And if there's things that you haven't done that you need to do, get those things done first. Because you hear about people that grow apart. That's right. And do you think it's like one or both parties not clearly communicating and growing together like you're saying make sure you know who you are and those things or they're just not aware of the changes that maybe are occurring in their lives and different goals and aspirations I mean what what is that growing apart business you know I think it's both but it has to start with not really knowing who you are right so um so I'm going to take a guy's perspective really quickly here um Sometimes young men, um, and if they haven't dated a lot or things like that, you know, they fall in love and they want to get married to the first person that smiles at them. (laughs) And um, Well, Mike did. He went home and said, there's my wife. Yeah, but you know what? He actually knew something. (laughs) He had some experience. (laughs) Yeah, he knew something. (laughs) And, you know, and one of the things that I I notice is is that they're not truthful. Mm. And that's what I find is that... You haven't spent time knowing who you are, what your real needs are, what your non-negotiables are. So you get into a relationship. And in the beginning, when you're in that, that what we call that new phase, you know, that honeymoon phase of your relationship, you think you can tolerate differences. But one of the things that happens over time who you are starts to present itself. Yeah. So when we say we're growing apart, no, you're not growing apart. You're just becoming much more aware of who you've always been that you didn't spend time figuring yes. out in the beginning. And now you're five years down the road, maybe two kids down the road, maybe yeah. three kids down the road, and suddenly you realize you can't stand each other. <laughs> and, you know, and I like to tell people, you need to know what you want, what you need, and um, and sometimes the guys will chuckle at me when I say that, but I tell them, I said, look, I've seen more divorced, sad men mm-hmm. than you can imagine. Yeah. And it starts because they made a decision that was not thought out accurately. Yeah. Yeah. And they exchanged their truth for a lie and they expected her to be something that she wasn't. And sometimes we can see it happens in reverse, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. She does the same thing too. I just know this guy. I can change him. Oh, <gasps> uh, right. That never works. It doesn't. And it, the only thing you need to be changing is the diapers of your kid later on. That, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> and yourself working that, on yourself. That's exactly right. So you know, couples can have tremendous relationships they can Mm -hmm. just have extraordinary fun and that's why there's nothing like that type of union but there is work to be done because you are bringing two individuals together Um, you're bringing a collection of experiences that they've had before they met you 
and let's talk about their conditioning, their family backgrounds, yes. and all of these things. So all of that stuff is in your relationship, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of entities in that relationship. Yeah. You're not dealing with just the present person. You're dealing with the whole package. That's exactly right. And so if you don't spend time knowing who you are as a person and what kind of partner that you really need based on that accurate assessment of yourself, yeah. then you're not going to make a mistake. You've already made one. Yeah. Right? It's like you don't grow apart. Your relationship was already separated. You just hadn't reached that point yet. Even yeah. before you put a ring on the finger, yep. it was already split. You just didn't know it. And so... When we talk about having, uh, what is this, premarital counseling and stuff like that, well, I think all of that's good, but I still think before you get to that, it's like, hey, what kind of woman do you like? Mm -hmm. You know, Because when I'm mm -hmm. with guys, I can be pretty fierce with them. It's like, what kind of woman do you like? You know, Or I'll say, well, what kind of sex do you like, for yes. instance, right? Do you know what your sexual energy or tempo is? And they're like, coach, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you think I'm telling you something funny and you feel embarrassed and yet you're going to get in that relationship. Six months from now, you're calling me up because your wife is saying that you can't stay off of certain websites. Right. Right. right? Yes. Because you didn't answer those questions, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden you don't know why your relationship is frustrated. It's yeah. like there are just so many things that we take for granted. Love is the law of the universe. Mm -hmm. But marriage is the business. Mm -hmm. mm, right? That's really good. You yeah. know, and so it's like raising a child. It is in some respects. Mm -hmm. So you have to really think about what you want to produce in that relationship. So spare no expense in making sure that you really know that person. You know, sure, she can be beautiful, but she might not have the right temperament for you. Yeah. And vice versa, right? It's like, yeah, you like bad boys, but you know what? They leave you brokenhearted. Yes. And I think people don't realize that when you meet someone and that, like that attraction occurs, it's like 1,400 chemicals are dumped it's like a like that lovesick term is very real. It's mm -hmm. a very scientific. You're an idiot. Mm -hmm. You're love drunk. Yeah. You you don't make rational decisions. Uh, Sounds like elk doing the rut. <laughs> there you go. Now a couple other real quick things, coaches. I think absolutes and little things. Yeah. So with absolutes, it's these are things that are non negotiable. Um, that you do with your spouse. So like me and Mike, we have our coffee every day at five. Yeah. You know that, huh? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I had to recently uh, adjust a schedule with an individual. I'm like, hey, I'm an independent woman, but uh, I like a happy marriage too, and I just cannot work past five that much. That's right. Uh, and so um, we got that adjusted. I mean, I was willing to not work at all with that mm -hmm. you know, organization if it meant working past five yeah. that long. And so those are our absolutes. We have our coffee together. Um, we have certain shows we watch together. Mm -hmm. uh, we go on our quarterly trips. Mm -hmm. uh, those are things I will not do without, and he won't either. And um, and so having those things that, which guy, goes into the other thing of um, the little things. I think sometimes people, especially young people, they think that a marriage is made up of like big things like romantic trips or, you know, all of it. No, 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 no. It's getting your spouse's coffee in the morning for them. 
It's uh, making sure that when you go to bed, whatever they might need is next to them on their nightstand. It's those little unexpected things that you do every single day because you are considerate <clears throat> and it's an indicator they're on your mind. Yes. So for me, um, what I like to say to guys, when you're having a communication with your spouse, your partner, make sure you're looking at them. Yes. You know, don't have somebody talking to the back of your head and now you're looking at something else. <clears throat> Every big thing was first a little thing. Yep. Right? So we hear people say, don't sweat the small stuff. Scratch that. Yeah. You better sweat the small stuff because yeah. the small things that aren't paid attention to, letting your partner or your loved one, your spouse, know that you love them and that you care about them. Yeah. That you appreciate everything that they do for you. Yeah. Right? And, um, and things like that. Um, that type of appreciation means more to people than let's go on a date and let me buy you something on February the 14th. Yes. But the rest of the days of the year you just don't get along. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And one of the things that I like to tell guys, and <clears throat> I get a big chuckle out of this, I say, go window shopping with your uh, your wife or your girlfriend. And they're like, what? I said, absolutely. I said, you're one of those guys that every time you need to buy a gift, you're stressed out, right? He says, yeah, I do. I said, well, guess what? You go shopping with her, and all of a sudden, you start to see the things that she likes. I said, dude, I'm bullseye when it comes to gift giving, right? Because that's exactly what I do. Now, was it easy for me at first? No. I could, <laughs> I could not go into all those shops. I was thinking, somebody help me, please. <laughs> I, I went through that one time. I was like, how many stores have we gone through? And I remember hearing myself about to <laughs> make funny. a big sigh, and I caught it, right? Thank I, goodness. I did. I went like, oh, and I said, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> because just that quickly, I caught myself, and I just said, oh, oh I love funny. you, instead of going like, oh, and I just. <clears throat> Help me, please. It really it, it is, but I'm saying this. Man, if you're listening to this, go window shopping with your partner, yep. your wife. Learn the kinds of things that she needs because you know what's interesting? She's always spot on when it comes to you uh -huh. because she knows everything you like. She knows mm -hmm. everything you do. Yep. Think about that. And I think when your wife or if you are wanting to have you know, communication with your, your wife or vice versa, putting the phone down. Absolutely. Muting the TV. Yep. Uh, those little things, closing the book you're reading, because every little, little thing you do is a message to your partner. You know what I mean? It is. And when people do that and they stay on their phone or like you go to restaurants and you see this couple that they're, they're both just on their phone. Um, you know, me and Mike, we like to like, uh, he'll read news, you know, articles and watch funny videos and things. And I'll do, you know, a little bit on my phone. But if we're going to talk to each other, we put it down. Uh, we have our shows where we're not on the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just particular things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think um, I'll probably end with a couple of things. We have a new absolute, and that's we have our glass of wine, you know, mm -hmm. each night. And uh, we go to get our glass, or I go to get our glass coach last night, and he's not allowed to have wine without me. Oh, there we go. That is our thing. And so I go to pour our wine. I'm like, man, we must have 
drank more than I realized last night when I poured in the glass. I'm like, no, we didn't. I poured, I got my three ounces. He has his six. I said, did you drink some wine without me? He goes, well, not technically. He said, after we got done drinking last night, I just got me some more. <laughs> anyway, it was hilarious. We finished off a Merlot that I had already opened. But uh, one of the things that I think, you know, is, um, is uh, well, Coach, I lost my thought. Oh, the, I thought what was funny is he was talking to one of his friends who was having a rough time. And the guy's like, kind of like you with window shopping. He's like, man, then she'll just want to talk and talk and talk. And I just can't handle it. And <laughs> blah, blah. So Mike, he said, you know, I got one of the smartest wives that I know, you know. And he said, but sometimes you know, she'll want to talk and I can feel my eyes glazing over. And I'm like, you know what? This is what she needs. She's working something out. You know, she doesn't necessarily need my advice. She just wants me to hear and he said, so you just have to snap to it, man, yeah. and refocus in on what she's saying mm-hmm. and shake your head and yes, and you may be feeling tortured, but you just go with it and you'll have a happy wife. Well, when he told me, I rolled. <laughs> I was laughing so hard, I was crying. And I said, you know, it's the same for you sometimes. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, oh. <laughs> I said, you'll get on this roll and you'll be talking about every little minute detail of your job or what you're working on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this man ever going to stop talking about this? And I'm doing the same thing. And we laugh so hard. But it's those little, they sound like sacrifices, but they're really, you get used to it. It's it's true. And I'm, I'm chuckling because now... Um, I can just see Laura Lee as I'm talking to her about, oh, guess what I discovered now, you know, so anything to do with elk hunting, me at the range or whatever, and I'm, there I am, I'm a five-year-old telling that story, and I'm wringing my pants, and I'm like, and, oh, and this happened, and then I jumped to another tangent, and, you know, and then I remember, she told me five minutes ago she had to go to the restaurant, (laughs) (laughs) and then I look at her, and I'm like, I'm sorry, (laughs) And it's like, boy, does she have some patience, right? And her facial expression never changes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it's like, yeah, that that can happen. It's like we are vessels for each other. And sometimes that's the way it goes. So it's not 50-50. It's it's a shared experience. And you just never know where your partner is and what they may need. And our job with each other is to be available and if there's something happening with us, having the right partner is critical because that's when you can say, it's like, you know what? I need to hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm actually troubled with something right now. Can I, can I have a moment or two, right? right. Because um, I'm not quite in that space to, to, to honor what you need to say to me in that moment. And I think those things are important because sometimes we're just not going to always be available in that instant. But when your relationship is grounded in the things that we're talking about, making sure you know yourself um, well, what you need, your absolutes, your partner and so forth. So when things come up, you know how to navigate certain types of things so that you can always come back together like you need to. I think if you need a quick shot in the arm, if... Maybe things have felt too mundane or routine. Um, I'll usually tell couples, uh, do something new together. Yes. Uh, travel to a new place in your mm-hmm. state. Eat, try some new cuisine. Yes. Do something new because the brain likes 
novelty. Right. And it will actually increase that sense of rapport. Yes, it will. Uh, attraction, etc. Yes, so it will. So if you need a shot in the arm, do that. But that won't fix a bad foundation. And mm. sometimes you've got to... If you can recall with joy and fondness your wedding day and you get to work, you'll probably be okay. Ooh. If you cannot recall your wedding day with fondness and there's just bad all the way around, you're probably going to be in a court. That's a good measurement. You you know, um, speaking to men right now, I've had a number of men ask me, what... What's the most important thing that I can have in my relationship with my wife? I said, your wife brings you something called peace. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of them don't yeah. go. Well, right now, we're going to say that. If that's the case. Yeah, yes, we're going to say yes. that your couplehood is where it needs to be. She brings you peace. And you know it in what you're actually able to do. Mm, When you lay your head down to go to sleep, your thoughts are not troubled about your relationship, but you're able to work out what you need to do in other areas of your life that strengthen your marriage, your business, your community. Yeah. These types of things are really important. Um, I think about the fact that when I sleep, um, I get to work. I get to do the work that I can't do during my waking state. But if I didn't have that peace in my relationship, I'm tossing and turning. You know, we're looking at each other sideways. We're not happy. And so then you go to you, you go into your line of business or work or whatever it is the next day. And there's something about you that's missing. You're not, you're not at your peak. Right. Yeah. And, um, and this is what we're talking about. I mean, health, peace, Joy, all of those things are benefits of a great relationship. I think that's a good note to end on, Coach. And um, I mean, if you know people can contact us through the show notes, oh, yeah. we have everything in there. Uh, coaching, you know, mentoring, all that stuff. If you need it, um, but I think we gave them some really good stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, please leave us a review. And if you have, I mean, I'd love questions. I'd love feedback from people if they have topics they want us to go over or if they have questions about any podcast, especially ways that they can implement some of the things. We're always here for you. Absolutely we are. All right.